When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Future. We're talking real money. Here each and every Saturday to help you with all your money questions, your concerns, your worries, and trying to make it simpler and less complex. I'm Tom Cock from Talking Real Money. Don McDonald is here as well because we are live from Retire Meets 2019. We'll be here for the whole two hours, but we'll be happy to take your questions about anything financial related as well. Let me give you that phone number, 855 9 Two five. I think I have this. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up uh, to make sure I have nine three five. Talk. My bad. Eight five five nine three five eight two five five. So call us with your questions. We'll be here till two o'clock, trying to give you some great advice. And so we're gonna be talking to some of the people who've been speaking today. This is a big deal. We have over four hundred people here at the Maidenbauer Center in Bellevue. This is the fifth time we've done this. It's been sold out every year. And one of the people we are extremely proud to have who's joined us for numerous of these occasions is a guy that you're very familiar with. His name is Herb Weisbaum. What were you telling people today, Herb? Hi, Tom. I've been to every one. Have you been to every one? Absolutely. Thank you for doing that. Great crowd. Uh, We were talking about digital security, identity theft, and basically the concept that I want to share right now, which is that you've been breached. We have to assume it's. And a I new- hate getting those emails from you that say that because I think, oh God, I got to go fix something, but which apparently I do. That's that's the reality. I mean, the days of oh, I'm going to cross my fingers and hope for the best are long since gone. All of our information is out there in mul- multiple times in many, many cases. And just the latest statistics, I just did a story for NBC News a couple of weeks ago. This is uh, the latest numbers from the Identity Theft Resource Center. 447 million consumer records were stolen in 2018, and that's up 126%. Okay, there's only 310 million Americans or something, right? So right. It's a lot of, that's and, a lot of hacking. And the year before was the Equifax breach. Right. So you've been Ugh. breached multiple times. And those are the, those are the, the personal identifiable information those breaches that's the they got their social security number your account numbers that kind of thing here's the other scary statistic that we never hear about 1.6 billion non-sensitive records were breached in 2018 what's a non-sensitive that would record? be your email your username and password that's the kind of stuff that lets people log into your accounts yeah. so mm. this idea and what i tried to share with the folks here is this idea of the fact that everybody has one or two passwords that are fairly simple to remember that you use over and over again is terrible password hygiene. Okay, so what should yeah. they be doing and, instead? And the crooks are counting on this to, to take one to to one password they get in a simple place so they hack your Hulu account or your you know your uh, eHarmony account yep. or whatever, yep. Lola, and then and then they have an algorithm that can run billions of perambulations an hour and say, what other accounts do you have? Maybe I can get into your credit card account or your bank card account or that kind of thing. There's two ways to deal with it. You can set up a whole bunch of really secure passwords on your own, but the average consumer now has about a 120 passwords. I have 250. 
That's crazy. There's no way to have really strong passwords that you could possibly remember. So what I suggested to the audience here is it's time to switch to a password manager. That is a piece of software that, A, lets you generate. It has a random password generator on there that lets you generate really long and strong passwords. So you go online and type in password manager? Well, there are certain ones I told the audience here that are really good. There's there's ones that called LastPass and Dashlane and KeyPass, K-E-Pass, and there, there's a bunch of them that are really good. Some of them are free, and some of them charge a little bit of money, or you can upgrade and get more services. But you use those, you, you sign up for those, you put in the, you know, generate a new password for your account, you put in the old one, you generate a new password, you can tell this, I want 12 characters, I want 20 characters, I want up capital, you know, get the So stro- then it remembers all of them? And then it remembers all okay. of them, and all you have to remember, and it works on all of your platforms, so it, you use it on your cell phone, and you use it on your desktop, Love and you it. use it on your laptop. You don't have to remember these passwords. You don't have to have simple passwords. All you have to remember is the one password that gets you into the password manager. You make that one a really long and strong one that you can remember. You never share it with anybody for any reason. Other than somebody who may take over for you after your past. Well, that's you know that's actually yeah. a really important point because yeah. if you have everything locked up, it's called a digital will. People have all these account passwords, everything, and, and the, uh, the person who's doing their will or uh, the, uh, their, their significant other doesn't have a way to get into their account. It could be everything from social media to their bank account. Yes, you really do have to have, make sure your executor or someone knows that information. So that's the only other person who should possibly know the, how to get in there. And then everything on the back end is encrypted. So even if the bad guys hack the password manager and get into that, they're going to get encrypted information that's of no value to them. So this is a really smart way. You are full of great news. And start slowly. <laughs> start slowly. So start get the password manager and then start slowly. And, and by the way, this is on, if you go to my website, consumerman.com, and go down a little bit, you'll see an article about password managers. Um, start slowly and do your really six or seven critical accounts first. You know, the checking account, the yep. bank account, Investment. the account, the credit card account, and then add the, the rest as you go. And that's the really smart way to protect yourself. The other thing is you've got to be an advocate for yourself. So assuming people have your information, how are you going to watch out for yourself? Medical identity theft now is the biggest thing they want to commit. They want to get your medical file, your medical record number, because a lot of medical facilities, smaller doctor's offices and stuff, don't really worry that much about cybersecurity. Then they do insurance fraud. They either get real live procedures done on your account and steal the money, or they may buy Oxycontin then, and then sell it on the black market. So you know those things we get all the time every month that says, this is not a bill we get from the insurance company? Right? Yeah. What do we do? We don't look at them because it says this is not a bill. And well, you just throw them away. Right. So we'll continue with that in okay. just a moment. All right. Happy to have you join us as we are live from Retire Meet 5, 855-935-TALK. With your questions, anything money-related, we'll continue right here on Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. Just about everything you need to know about money can be found at our website, TalkingRealMoney.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. We are live from Retire Meet 5 at Bellevue's Maidenbauer Center. 400 of our closest friends here to learn all things retirement, whether it's money, health. Uh, oh, and that's right, consumer fraud, because it happens all the time. We'll take your questions and calls to 855-935-TALK, 855 935 T-A-L-K. We're talking with Herb Weisbaum, kind enough to be in on every single retirement. Thank you for that. That's, Very welcome. I had forgotten, but thank you for reminding me. Um, before we go to the phones, 
We were talking about medical insurance fraud. I mean, this is a big deal. Yeah, the idea that you have to watch out for yourself. So when those things come in the mail from the insurance to say this is not a bill and you throw it away, just take a quick look at it. If you had a tonsillectomy in Cleveland or uh, your kidney <laughs> removed in Chicago or the, all of a sudden there's drugs you don't don't use, that means somebody has stolen your medical file and is playing. And the problem is if they have a procedure done, that can get mixed with your legitimate medical file, which could cause serious problems if you really go to the hospital. Number two is watch your financial accounts. You can go on like maybe once a week and check your credit or your banking account, credit card account, or set up alerts. Everyone has them. You go online and ask, look for security alerts. So, for instance, on my bank account, I know instantaneously when money is taken out of an ATM. I know with my credit card instantaneously when there's a transaction over a certain amount. Yep. If it's a foreign transaction, if it's money, a, a cash withdrawal, whatever. You can set up all of these alerts, which, A, lets you know what's happened to your money, which is always good to know. Oh, that bill was just paid. Oh, I, you know that. But it also lets you know if somebody were to get your card number and go crazy, taking money out of an ATM or charging up a whole bunch of Bellevue Square or whatever, you would know instantaneously and you could contact the right authorities to shut it down. So be watching out for yourself is the new reality. Great advice as always from Herb Weissbaum. You hear him here on Como. And you're still on NBC right there? I, I write for NBC. Yep, all, you're all over the place. You're all over the place. Let's go to the phones. 855-935-TALK. Pat joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Pat. Hi. How can we help you today? Well, I, I um, inherited some money from my dad a couple of years ago, and I'm trying to figure out how to invest it in. The, uh, I also have my own 401k in IRAs, and I'm going to be 61 in April. I'm debt-free. I pulled all my money out of stocks and into cash equivalents in October when I lost 40000 in a week. And I know I can't sit there forever, but I, I need to figure out how to go from here. So I have a friend whose husband is a um, wealth advisor at Morgan Stanley, and I want to chat with him. And I'm just I'm afraid of putting $310,000 worth of IRAs into something that I, I don't really understand. Um, I also have 200000 in cash all sitting on the side. And, you know, I've been thinking about do I go into a... Uh, High interest savings plan, or I, I need to get back into the market. I just don't know quite how to do okay, it. Okay, well let's and, um, let's go backwards here. So um, you're currently employed. Yes. Correct. Okay. And how many more years are you going to work? Um, at least four, probably probably five. Okay. And have you done any work around how much income you're going to need in retirement? I'm guess I'm just kind of taking a guess and saying maybe fifty thousand. Okay. I mean. No offense, but at age 61, I think you should do more than a guess. And if, yeah, frankly, if you I went and met with some at a brokerage, they should have helped you with some planning because it shouldn't be. The yeah. investments are part of it, but the planning should be first. But setting that aside for a moment, the reason you took the money out of the market, you said, is because you lost a lot of money and you didn't want to lose any more, I'm assuming. Well, also, main reason is because it wasn't diversified. I had been running my own plan just based on um, stocks and stuff, and it did fine for a while, but I know that I wasn't diversified. I was I was um, just kind of gambling, essentially, um, with buying a lot of tech stocks that were doing well at the time. And then when the market turned, I know that I'm not, I'm not educated on this. I don't know how to put together a diversified plan. Um, and okay, so well, let's go, let's go. Yeah, let's go back. So what you're really saying is you need advice from somebody to put together a plan, invest your money properly. Let me give you a couple of ideas. It would not include Morgan Stanley. 
Morgan Stanley is not a registered investment advisor all the time. They are a broker-dealer. That means they can sell you products, there could be commissions involved, and they don't always have to put your interests ahead of their own. So that troubles me. Doesn't mean they're always bad, but it troubles me that they can do that. I would rather see you go to a registered investment advisor that has a legal responsibility to put your interests ahead of their own, by the way, if you go to TalkingRealMoney.com, you can, we have a list of people you could, you could call. I'd rather see you talk to a few of those folks and say, I'm 61. I need a plan for retirement. I have these assets because when you say, I have this money from my dad doing that I inherited money and I have this, all this other money, that doesn't mean anything to me because what, what's important to me is here's how many more years I'm going to work and then I need income from various places. That would be the first thing. Then the investing would be down the road somewhere. And you're correct. You should be diversified. You should own bonds of a certain amount at age 61. But I would first start with finding somebody that you believe in to get the planning advice. And then from there, they should be able to point you in the right direction if you want to do it on your own or manage the money for you. A registered investment advisor, and I would not pay somebody more than 1% a year to do that. Okay. And how do you find somebody you believe in? Well, that's the thing. We have a, we have a list on our website, talkingrealmoney.com, where we've vetted people we know in the industry that use low cost index or index style mutual funds. They charge a reasonable fee and the work we know is again planning centric. We think they're fair to people. It doesn't have to be us. We're one of the people on the list, but there are others there. And my suggestion would be to go to talk to a few of those people, find somebody you're comfortable with. Did you, Herb, looks like he wants to I was just going to say, and if you have money in the market, money in the market is supposed to be five years in the future at least, Mm. and you don't panic, the market goes down, you pull the money out, because then you lock in the losses. Not this specific case, but, and just realize that if you're, you're, you're going for the long term with the stock market, one little drop, you're just buying stocks cheaper, and too many, if if you can't weather the storm, we're going to be in for volatility for a long time now. And especially if if we hit the pre-recession, stuff later in the year or next year and it's like if, if you can't leave that money alone and let it ride if you haven't had a good portfolio for five years or more you shouldn't be in the market period end of story i think that's good advice too i would again i would start at talkingrealmoney.com look for a potential advisor there interview a few people and maybe by the way you could also take the risk quiz because what you're really telling yeah. us is my tolerance for seeing my money go down that much was to the point of pain where i had to take the money out herb's exactly right there's a a time value here, but there's also the emotional makeup. We don't know you, and I'm not going to tell you how much to have in stocks or bonds, but I am going to tell you that you shouldn't be moving money in and out, and taking the risk quiz will help you understand your emotional makeup. Pat, thank you very much yeah, for the call. Yeah, I'm sorry? Thank you. No, thank you for joining us. 855-935-TALK. Just about out of time here, Herb. Good advice, messages Tom. are wonderful, and you're helping so many people. Thank you for that. Thank you for being part of retirement, and we will see you again soon. Absolutely. All right. Have a good rest of the day. You bet. Take care. We'll continue with Talking Real Money, 855-935-TALK. Your questions and calls live from the Maidenbauer Center as we continue here on Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. Download the advisor interview form and find out if your advisor is a fiduciary at TalkingRealMoney.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money here every Saturday to help you understand the 
tricky aspect of money and finances and oh it's it the problem is frankly the industry makes this more complex than it actually is and uh it's a it's it this is such a struggle for us even at a place like retirement where to start what do we tell you the three things you can walk out the door with so you have a defensive mechanism against the people that really want to give you poor advice so we're here every weekend to try to help you with that 855-935-8255 and because pat asked this very difficult question and sort of okay well you don't want me to use a broker so where do i go find somebody well we have a list on our website that's one place to find somebody but here's in a general sense what i think you should do Number one, it should only be a registered investment advisor. And you're going to say that's self-serving because that's what you are. Well, that's true. But also, it, a registered investment advisor has a legal responsibility to put your interests ahead of their own. And most people who go to a broker have no idea that the people they're working with do not. So that, I think, at least gets you on the right path. Number two. We personally don't think you should pay more than 1% a year. There's really great ways you can hire people to do the planning and all the work for 1% a year or less on the first million. Obviously, as your assets go up, you pay less. That would be number two. Number three is the aspect of what service they provide. Truly, any good advisor is planning-centric. Yes, the investments are important, but you shouldn't be sold a bunch of stuff and then told, here's your plan. What do you think? The planning should be first because you need to know how much income you need in retirement. You need to know how much risk you're willing to take. You need to know how to provide money for yourself. And should that come from Social Security? Should that come from pensions? Should that come from your savings? That is critical before you even get into which mutual fund families you're going to use or how much in stocks or how much in bonds or what kind of stocks to own? Those are the critical things. And, and by the way, I mean, I think I would work from that list and then go talk to a few people because you should have a relationship, not unlike the relationship hopefully you have with other professionals, your doctor, your lawyer, that is comfortable, with, but also where you feel like you're getting, you know, the, the unvarnished truth, but also in a way you can understand it. Because I think this industry has a horrible track record of obfuscating, of making things feel very complicated because we've had people come in our office and say, I worked with this guy for 10 years. Every time I go see him, I come out of there, I have no idea what he just said for an hour and a half. Because they're talking about expense ratios. They're talking about the what a blah, blah, blah. All these technical terms that most of you don't know. And frankly, most of the technical terms are not that important. So I'd try to work on a relationship with somebody you're comfortable with. That you feel is giving you a straight answer. That you feel is really trying to pay attention to you and making the conversation about you not about them because the other thing about this industry is we're great at sitting around telling you here's how to invest and here's what here's what you really need to know and not so great at understanding you your fears your hopes your anxieties because a good advisor again should be relieving those anxieties should be taking this off your plate to the place where when the market goes down you don't care and by the way, we manage money for about 700 families. And even with the horrible December we had, we had very few calls because we've built portfolios. Again, with we're somewhat conservative in the light of the fact that we only put as much into stocks as we think people need 
to meet their future needs. The rest is in bonds or bond funds, I should say. And you're not sitting around concerned about what's going on in Congress or the economy or, as Herb said, you know, perhaps a recession. All those things should not be your worry. I'll tell you one huge part of retirement is Social Security. Most people, it's the majority of their income. So coming up, we're going to be talking with Dr. Laurel Beeden about this. She spoke at Retire Me today to give us the inside scoop on how to maximize your benefits. Plus your questions and calls 855-935-TALK here on Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. It may not be the sexiest website in the world, but it's your one-stop shop for real money information, TalkingRealMoney.com. We're talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. 855-935-8255 is our number every Saturday, helping you get money and finances, making it easier to understand, you know, kind of getting rid of some of the lingo, hopefully demystifying all this, because I think many of you think it's way more complex than it actually is. 855-935-TALK. And we're here till 2 o'clock, and we're coming to you live from the Maidenbauer Center in Bellevue for Retire Meets 2019, our fifth Retire Meet. We have over 400 people here today. And if you're planning on coming down, we don't have any room for you. And more bad news, the roast beef sandwiches are gone. So you can't, you can't take advantage of that at all as well. So, But you can call us, get your questions answered. And, you know, inevitably, inevitably, the most popular class we do every Retire Meet or any other class is around Social Security because it makes up such a huge part of most people's retirements. I forget the number, but maybe our guest will inform me, But and it's 90% of you, according to the figures that I understand, 90% of you take your Social Security benefit before full retirement age, even though I've been railing about this for about 15 years trying to get you not to do that. So here to unwind some of those Social Security questions that are always out there, is our guest. She's recently retired from the Gen- uh, the Government Accountability Office. Maybe we'll have to dig into that a little more, where she was Senior Analyst in the Education Workforce and Income Security Division, Dr. Laurel Beeden. Number one, thank you for coming all the way out from Washington, D.C. to be part of today. And number two, welcome to Talking Real Money. Thank you. I'm delighted to We're going to need here. you to be a little closer to that microphone, too, okay. to hear you. Feel to move that right over. I'm, yes, pardon me. I'm, this is, I'm so used to speaking parading up and down in front of the audience here at Retire Me. Yes. It's really been great fun, and I love Seattle, and I had a beautiful meal last night of oysters. Oh, there you go. And crab cakes. All right. Now you are living large. Okay. I tell you what, I come, you know, if I schlep all the way across the country, (laughs) I want to have good stuff to eat. The good stuff. Good for you. It was charming. Good. And I'm so vested in Social Security issues. I think people don't think about it. And it's so important that you understand Social Security provides that secure base of income for about 84% of Americans. There is a small portion of workers who don't pay into FICA, but even some of them, they have spouses who pay and, and along those lines, Doctor, how much, how much it, it, Social Security makes up about how much of a 
average person's income in retirement. It's a big number, right? Well, it can be. It depends. And I actually have those numbers right here, but I'm going to shuffle some papers to get those numbers. <laughs> to get the exact and number, because, I'm I mean, gonna, it's it was not designed for that when it was started in the 30s, right? It but it's was become not. that. It was never designed to be a full retirement yeah. income. And it, it was it, designed to be a base of retirement income upon which you build. But there are people who depend on Social Security for all of their income, for all of their income. My apologies. Oh, I have right. to She's have Tom digging around in her kick papers. Me, kick me in the shins. <laughs> I'm trying not to kick anymore. I fade, I fade away from the uh, from the microphone. I want to get these numbers. Here we go. Um, and by the way, 84% of all people 65 and older get Social Security. Yeah. Over three in five, that's about 61% of beneficiaries of Social Security get half or more of their income from Social Security. Astounding, half. It is astounding. Yeah. Now, here's the real uh, heartburner. One in three beneficiaries of Social Security get 90% or more of their income from Social Security. Now, let me just catch So basically, 90%, a third of the population gets 90% of their income from Social Security. It's really wow, that's a big scary. number. Yeah. And the other piece of that is, is that tends to be women because women live longer. Sure. They earn less. They're in and out of the labor force, so they don't stay in a job where they then build up a reputation or build up a savings account. So they end up with less social security is it for them. An average social security benefit, I'm reading from the Social Security 2018 report, an average monthly benefit for retired workers is $1,413 for widows or widow it's $1,340. I mean, which is not very much money in today's world. You're not living large. No, I mean, that's what, $18,000 a year. I mean, I don't know where you could even live in Seattle for that. That's a very small amount. Exactly. So, and that's why, which always brings me to this next point, making a very informed and uh, this decision about when to take your benefit. I mean, because so many people wake up at age 62 and say they want it, And, Doctor, when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. we come back, we'll talk about sort of the simple ways to look at all this to get it right because it's absolutely critical. 855-935-8255, 855-935-TALK, as we continue on Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. Do you know what your investment risk tolerance is? Take our free no-obligation risk quiz at TalkingRealMoney.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Our telephone number, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Tom Cock here. Don McDonald is here, but he's in the middle of the hall at Maidenbauer, where uh, Retire Meet 2019 continues with 400 of our closest friends. Thank you for joining us today. And uh if you want to come next year, get in early. We sold out about two and a half weeks before the event, even with the crazy weather. So uh, thank you all for joining us, and thank you for listening to the program. We're here every week to answer your questions about money, finances, make things easier. You know, and this topic, this topic of Social Security, which is so huge. It literally is. You mentioned uh, we're talking with Dr. Laurel Beeden, who has recently retired herself from the Government Accountability Office who gave a lecture today on Social Security that 
it makes up such a large part of people's retirement. And I think the pe- thing people forget is once they take that benefit, unless they go back and pay it back for the, I think you can do it up to a year afterwards, right? Six months. Six months. I mean, unless they do that, which I don't think very many people do, that's your benefit until you're no longer with us for a very long period of time. That's so, right. So give us a few of the keys on helping people decide when to take their benefits. I think it's important that you understand several things, and even if I can't go through exactly how to do it, these are questions that you want to go to the website at ssa.gov, or I work for an organization called Women's Institute for Secure Retirement, and if you go to wiserwomen.org, we also have some fact sheets on this. So you want to know how your benefit is calculated, what your full retirement age is, and then how that age affects your benefit. So, your benefits are based on 35 working years. Is it the highest 35 or just a 35? It's the highest 35, and thank you for the So, they, that. you take all these years you worked, and in my case it'll be, I just went back and looked, my first, I, I showed up on the system in 1974. Okay. And I'm working another nine years, which sounds like 2028, so I'm going to have this period of like 50 years, they're going to take the 35 highest earning years. Highest earning okay. years, and then they're going to wage index them. As I always say, I earned about $4,000 as a teacher in 1968. Right. Yeah. If we wage index that to what it's worth today, I see. what, $24,000, Okay. So we're going to average those 35 years, yep. and we're going to come up with what is called an average index monthly earning, and that there is a formula applied to that. And that's what it is that you get. It's called the primary insurance amount. I won't spell out the calculation because it would take forever. Look at SSA's website or Wiser's website. But the point is, is that you have 35 years worth of contributions that gives you the right now to participate in Social Security. And you have to have at least, what is it, 40 quarters to to even be eligible at all, right? Right. And what if you're not? Okay. What if you haven't done that? Oh, and I love to do this because I, I recommend, number one, if you have fewer than 35 years, that means in that averaging, you're going to have zeros yeah. put in I was asking, though, about people years. that just don't even have the 40 quarters if to I be don't eligible have at all. 40 quarters, 40 quarters is about, it's four quarters a year that you can earn. Yeah. It's about 10 years worth of earning. You know, I recommend that you take a part-time job if you can. Okay. Get those quarters in so so that you can get a benefit. At 40 quarters, at 10 years, it's going to be very low. But mm-hmm. you know, that's better than nothing. Yeah, indeed it is. And okay, so you looked at so you, ssa.gov, by the way. I send people there regularly. Don't you think everybody should have a login there so they can make sure that their employer is putting their money there, that their earnings record's correct? And again, as you get closer to retirement, it gives you an estimate of what you would receive at 62 full retirement age and at age 70, correct? That is correct. And if you go to socialsecurity.gov and sign up for that, and one of the things you want to do is it outlines all of the jobs you have had and shows that you did or did not get Social Security credits for that. And that's very, very important because if you say, wait a minute, I worked at 
Camp Swampy as a counselor when yeah. I was 18, and it's not here. Well, you need to let Social Security know, and you need to prove to them that you did, but that will give you more quarters of coverage. And if you have more than 35 years, it's the highest 35 years. And if you work after your full retirement age, that means that those higher earning years will substitute for the lower earning years. 855-935-TALK is our telephone number here on Talking Real Money. 855-935-8255 as we Come to you live from the Maidenbauer Center for Retire Meets. It's been a great day. We continue into the afternoon. Wish I could invite you down, but it was a sold-out event, and it's, everybody showed up. I was worried about the snow and everything, but everybody's here, and it's been a great day, and Dr. Laurel Beaton has been a big part of that. Okay, give us another one of the big misconceptions about Social Security. Okay, well, I can give the biggest one, and it always astonishes me, is that Retirement age is 65. It hasn't been 65 for a long time. Right. Now, you can collect your Social Security benefit early. And a lot of people do. And a lot of people do at age 62. And that's fine, but you're only going to receive about 70% of what you would get at your full retirement But if I wait till 70, how many years do I have to live to make up for all those years I didn't get the benefit? Depends. How about that? It depends on what year you were born. The later you were born, the longer it is. And it also depends on your level of income. If you're a higher earner, probably a little longer. The thing I would emphasize about that is that Social Security is there to provide that stable base of income. Social Security benefits are good for a lifetime. Sometimes investments aren't. Social Security benefits are tied to the cost of living adjustment, the consumer price index. So that means that what it costs you to live, that stable benefit just you get when you start out, that is generally increased as prices increase. All right, let's go to the phones. If we can squeeze in a call here before the top of the hour, Tim joins us on Talking Real Money. Hi, Tim. How you doing? Uh, thanks Good. For my call. I just have a, I just have a quick question. Uh, what's the average age uh, of a male and a female when they die in America? Oh, gee, reason, that depends. The reason I ask this is because if you take it at sixty-two. Versus waiting till you're 70, I really believe that uh, it really does. It really, it really, it all really comes out in the wash when you figure out how much money you're going to make at 62 and when you're going to die, and how much money you're going to make at. Yeah, no, I, I understand your question, Tim. I thought the line sort of crossed at about 79. That's about right for for the okay, average. So if you know your your family doesn't live past 75, then go ahead and take the money. And something else I think well, is worth. I, go ahead, Tim. Well, and I and I. I think that's a real big issue. I'm going to be 62 here in this month. And if I'm living past 80, I'm living on house money, you know, really. So it's like, I'm, you know, a person like myself is really going to think very hard about taking it at 63 as opposed to waiting until you're seven. Are you married? Because it's money you can use now. Are you married? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, and is your spouse's benefit going to be bigger or smaller than yours uh it's probably going to be less than mine but okay uh she can take she can take 100 percent of mine when she dies when, uh, well, that's, when i die or when uh, but and again but that's another reason for you to wait thank you for the call but i mean that's another reason to wait thank because you. 
your bet. Thank you for joining us. Because you're going to, you're, that, it's going to be a bigger benefit. Yes, so. if you if you wait, that means that when you die, the hundred percent benefit that your spouse gets will be higher. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Tim. Thank you all for joining us here on Talking Real Money. We'll be back for another hour in just a couple moments. Eight five five nine three five. Tom and Don are talking real money. Would you like to talk to a real investment advisor for free? Set up an appointment at talkingrealmoney.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Here every Saturday to help you get money, investing, finances right as we bring it to you live from Retire Me 2019 in beautiful Bellevue at the Maitenbauer Center. You know, gosh darn it, I hope next year you'll get a ticket earlier and come on down and join us because it's an absolutely terrific day. It's fun. It's educational. And I think it's well worth the ticket price. So join us. Learn more at TalkingRealMoney.com. That is TalkingRealMoney.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.